I'm Nicole Rideout Hartwick, and I am here today with Daphna Fields, our VP of Brokerage Development. And Daphna and I spoke a lot about what she's been doing with our agents all through business planning and just the top 10 habits she sees as what's most crucial to be successful for 2023. And that was a really fun conversation. Um, but what we didn't get into, I feel like, enough um, was really Daphna's background, where she's come from, what her time in the industry has looked like. Um, and just why now here, Gibson. Um, so I wanted to just sort of let you introduce yourself and also talk about what you're doing here at Gibson because you are a new addition as of 2022. And I think that it would be really great for people to know more about what that role sure. looks Sure, like. I'll be happy to do that. Yes, it's my pleasure. So I've been in the real estate industry for about 23 years. I actually came to it from a background in theater. It does really inform my day-to-day, you know, my background as um, a theater director, and a teacher. I was on the faculty of the Boston Conservatory teaching acting to undergraduate and graduate students. Wow. Um, all that artistic and creative background is still something that I find that I am able to use every day and I really enjoy in my work. Um, but I did get licensed around 2000-ish um, and I started as an agent um, like many of us in this industry and after a few years as an agent I was asked by the company I was with if I was interested in going going into a management track. Um, I wasn't sure why or what that meant or what it looked like, but I said, sure, why not? I'm curious. And one thing led to the next and I did become a manager. Um, I was a manager for a few years and then I was promoted to regional vice president. And most recently, before coming to Gibson Sotheby's International Realty, I was the regional vice president for the Southern Massachusetts and Rhode Island regions for a large company. Um, I ran 24 offices with the help of a team of 16 agents. And, um, you know, I was doing a, that type of a role for about 10 years. And I really came to a point in my career where I felt like it's time for a change. You know, I was looking for that next challenge, the next experience, the next growth opportunity. Mm. Um, and I wasn't sure what that will be um, or where I will find it. Um, and. I realized that I really probably need to take a complete break in order to go find it. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't able to nor wanting to do a search while I was actually working in that former company. So I took a short break um, and really started to look at what I want to do next. Um, now, by way of background, really interesting. I know Larry Rideout or knew of Larry Rideout, having met him again in the industry. Um, I volunteer a lot with NAR, MAR, GBAR, and so does he. And so over the years we met and I was obviously always impressed with what he had to say and um, with the company that he built, um, along with Paul McGann, of course and um, was just you know, impressed with, with him and the culture that um, his company was known for. And so I was actually in a training session at Ascend, <laughs> which you know well, and Larry came to speak. And it was during the time where I was starting to think about what next steps will my career have and where am I headed? And I remember so clearly sitting there and listening to him and I thought I was so impressed with what he had to share and he was talking of course about growth and culture and everything that he's so good at. And I literally sat there thinking, wow, if I could work for a man like that someday, now that's a leader that I could really look up to and, and you know, really inspirational and I like his style and I like what he's done with his company. Well, cut to a couple of years later, 
And, um, you know, when I was looking for my next opportunity, I had the great pleasure of, com you know, having a conversation with you guys. And it became very clear to me that um, this is the place I want to be. Um, and I'm happy to explain a little bit why. You know, my, my previous company, um, very large, uh, a big organization, a lot of strength, a lot of, you know, power because of their size. Mm -hmm. um, and I understood that, but I also understood that along with size comes some drawbacks, mm -hmm. you know, things kind of can get washed out, you know, there's too many people, there's too many layers. When you want to do something, it can take a long time. It's mm -hmm. like really turning this massive ship, right? But here at Gibson Sotheby's International Realty, we have the benefit of that massive organization, our parent company, so to speak, right? Anywhere that gives us the power, the network, the technology, Brand. the branding, mm -hmm. that's anywhere. Then we have the Sotheby's brand, iconic, mm -hmm. elegant, luxurious, mm -hmm. opens doors, right? It's an international network of the best of the best in the industry that was so attractive to me. I also happen to have grown up internationally, so I love the fact that the middle name is international. That was something that really resonated for me. And then, of course, the third part of that stool, the Anywhere, Sotheby's, Gibson. Mm -hmm. I was and am so attracted to the culture in this company. Culture is a word that is thrown around all the time. It is easy to assume that one has a culture. It is easy to, to claim that one has a great culture. But it's the day-to-day -day behaviors and activities of the group of people that together make that little society, right? That company. That's what builds culture. Mm -hmm. And what I saw very clearly as I was talking to you guys is the level of collaboration, respect, positivity, and constant, unrelentless focus on providing the agents with the very best. Mm -hmm. There is a level of attention to the needs of our agents here at Gibson Sotheby's International Realty that I have never seen before. Um, and, you know, we throw around the word family. It is like family. You know, it is run by a family, but it, it is those there are those elements of, of treating others like family and with trust and support and doing anything we can and roll up our sleeves together mm -hmm. that comes from that kind of a culture that I think is fantastic. Needless to say, you know, when you put all of those three elements together, it's powerful. Yes. And it's fun. Yeah. And it's a great environment to be in. And I'm ever so grateful to be here no i mean that's amazing to hear and especially like from you daphne i mean we've grown so close over the last almost a year yeah. 10 11 ish months yeah. yes uh, time flies it feels like forever at this point. <laughs> and i think that's it it's just we always joke that when there's family involved there's nowhere to hide because yes. people just know you so you just have to cut to the chase you have to have the uncomfortable conversations that's what we do with our agents some of our agents are literally like family to me at this point like exactly. i've known them since i was 16 years old and I've had some of the most difficult conversations I've had because when yeah. we do something that doesn't hit right, they're going to let us know and that's we're right. not going to do everything right. And exactly. I think that that embracing that is what allows us all to feel close and able to, you were able to come on board, I feel, and share right away, like, oh, what about this? And what about this? And it's met with 
huh, let's really think about that. Absolutely. Um, Everything, every idea is welcomed and celebrated, yeah. even if it's not going to work or not implemented or only part of it is implemented. Nobody is afraid to speak up yeah. and decisions are made quickly, you know, because you speak with the decision makers right then and right. there. We're nimble and yes. we can make local decisions based on individual needs and yeah. not something that is run on a national or international yeah. scale that others are making decisions for us and they're not understanding our local needs. Yes. That's a huge, huge difference. Right. And it's not all on the bottom line. And I think that that's what's interesting about having you today and having you kind of say all that, that my mind goes to. I think right now it couldn't be more important to think really long and hard about joining an independently owned company. Yep. I think we're seeing, obviously, it's, you know, it's the elephant in the room, all of these layoffs and things that are happening in it. It's been a little bit of a tough ride here for the economy in different ways for, I'd say, a, a year or two now. Um, and we're all being impacted as consumers by different things. I joke, like, Amazon Prime used to be the next day, and now I'm, like, four-day. Okay, at some point, like, a consumer gets to decide, you know, am I going to stay in this relationship? Things might be changing. Um, but the thing is, is with independent contractors associating in a partnership with some of these companies that um, are not independently owned and these decisions that are getting made on a national scale, cutting 20% of your support or whatever that might be, how does that impact your everyday business at a time that well, you, you need, need more support? Yeah, you need even more. So these are questions and hard questions that some people might not want to ask themselves, but I think a lot of people are starting to. And I think for us, it was really hard to be the independently owned company that has to have the accountability and the local ownership to answer when things were, you know, houses of, it was kind of like a house of cards just being built in different areas of the industry. And we can't do that, right? We're, we're trying, we have, the buck stops here. We have to make real business decisions, but now, and nobody's immune to having to make hard decisions in a business, but now I feel a little bit like, you know, we've, we held this line and now we get to stay and hold the line when others are having to make much bigger decisions, more difficult decisions, because they weren't making the decisions we were making all along. And that's going to impact our agents in a way that is a very positive way. We can, what you said, continue to just hold the line, do what we're doing, continue to support our people, because we've been running a sustainable business, like a lot of independently owned companies in this area, at least. I'm friends with a lot of owners, um, and I think that it was hard during the time that everything was up. And now it feels, I have to say, it feels kind of good, right? To have you on board and, and be talking to you and have this conversation when you're you know, somewhat new to the company and to see that like what we're trying to build is what's coming across. Um, I just think it's a really interesting time to be looking at, like you said, I think that the brand is really important, um, especially coming in. But the fact that you can marry the two, it's just, it's something that people are gonna wanna think about. Definitely, and you know, you bring up some good points. Um, surprisingly to us, right, in the industry, the last couple of years, I don't wanna say post-COVID, because COVID is still with us, but post the, the sh shutdown, the lockdown, right? The market went crazy. Everybody was having a party. The velocity, the craziness, the, the prices, companies literally were having a party. Mm -hmm. They went out, they spent money like crazy, they bought market share, they, they bought agents, they built all this technology, they invested and invested, invested, they made no money, they, they drove themselves further and further into the red, and now they have to try to turn that ship to and ship, right? yeah, to, to right the ship and they're, they're cutting and closing offices and layoffs and everything. And the amazing thing is, just like I was talking about with agents, 
The opportunity in a changing market, in a downturn, is huge. But you need to place yourself in that position to take advantage of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And the amazing thing is we here at Gibson Sotheby's did do that, right? And it shows because now we're not closing offices, we're opening offices. We're not laying off people, we're hiring people. We're growing. Um, And that really shows you the difference in the um, approach and the strategy and the focus that we have. Those larger, larger, massive companies are what I call self-service or like a cafeteria style company. They, you know, nothing wrong with it. Everybody has a different model. That's their model. It's not one that I believe works in the best interest of an agent, but that's their model. They have a massive suite of all these different tools. And you can go on a computer and click here and click there. And if you're lucky, it's working at any given time. And if it's not and you need to ask for help, hopefully the person that is supposed to help you is not across the globe in another country and is actually available when you need that help. So that already is a difficult environment to work in. If you have to do all that by yourself, And now the little support that you did have in your office, the few people that you could actually reach out to and get to talk to a human being, now they're not available. Mm -hmm. Then all you're doing is dealing with technology every day. Remember, we talked about what the habits of highly successful agents are. And one of them is to spend time on the activities that actually generate business, Right. right? If you're sitting there doing paperwork and creating your own feature sheets and ordering your own postcards and everything else, probably a waste of your time. Mm -hmm. But if that's all you have available at your company, then you're stuck doing it or you have to hire an assistant to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And now I will add to that analogy that with layoffs and less support, it's not even like a cafeteria where they say, Here's, you know, the meatloaf and here's the hamburger and here's the salad. You can choose what you want. Now you literally have to have the raw ingredients and start cooking it yourself. Right. Is that the best use of your time? Right. No, it's a great question. I was laughing when you were talking. It's almost like, I hate to say it, but it's like, we're almost like the non-sexy friend. Like we all went through that cycle (laughs) in life where like you had your real good friend, your consistent person that was always going to show up for you. And then you had your high school moment when... You found that loud party, you know, made yep. you feel buzzy, and then things sort of hit the fan, and you're like, standing there yes. was your real friend. The party was fun, but mm, yeah, eventually back to reality. Down. And I think right now, <laughs> and that's all that I think was really just really timely is I do believe no matter who you are and where, and specifically across like this country and this nation. We're going to see a little bit of a dip here, and my opinion is that you might want to take a long, hard look at independently owned companies in your area just for that sustainability and someone who's going to consistently show up for you every day. That's exactly right. Thank you. Thank you.